Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. Okay, everybody, I'm going to talk about JSA and JHA. So for a minute, I just want you to observe the picture here. So we have this big bear and and the sign says area closed. It says due to the extreme grizzly bear hazard. So just keep that in the back of your mind when we talk through these slides, and then I'm going to ask you a question at the end. So first of all, I know that there are people that we pointed out that may not have anything to do with PPE or forklifts. So I thought it would be important just for everyone to understand what is a JSA and what's a JHA. So for those of you that don't really have to deal a lot with this, a JSA is going to be the job safety analysis. And when I think of it, I think of it in the micro level. So that means every day you're looking at it constantly. The JHA is going to be the hazard. That's at the macro level. That's at the big level. So when we talk about the JSA, we're looking at physical, environmental, and safety factors for the best for the stationary, repetitive work. So as you guys are walking through your areas of where people are working, these are things that you're you're seeing every day. So again, micro. At JHA, we're talking about the technique that focuses on the job tasks to identifying hazards. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. In the process, you have to first identify what are some safety risks or hazards. So you need to find out or come up with a process in order to do that. So again, this is just going to give you some ideas of where to start. So again, if you are looking at your workers' comp, you know where your claims are coming from. If you are and you should be looking at your incident onlys, These are going to be places where you're going to go to first. So again, a history of past injuries or there's been safety incidents there. Also, high potential. So again, are you running a machine? Um, Are you having a forklift operating? All those areas that we just talked about previously kind of come into play. High severity of incidents. Infrequent use or low hazard awareness. So there may be a job that you only use a machine on every couple times of the year. Again, those are going to be places we're going to want to look. And then lastly, did you change equipment or the process or did you get new equipment? You want to reevaluate and see, make sure that there's a JSA on file for that particular job. When we take a look, now we want to know what are the steps that we have to do to identify safety or hazard. I guess in my mind, I'm a doer, so I like to do it and then evaluate. So I guess a couple of suggestions on how to do that is going to be, you have to work with your employees. You're going to want to observe them. You may want to video them. I know that I work with some employers that like to video, so that way they can use that for past training. You know, we have some people in the skilled trades that we're running out of those type of workers. So by videoing them, you're going to be able to keep passing on what the, how this person ran the equipment, they have the experience, So again, if you try to do the job, if you can yourself, so that way you get a good idea of how this should be done. It should be done, though, in 10 or fewer steps. So when you are trying to explain to someone how to do something, you need to minimize the information. Again, making sure that you have the key points, but you want to make sure it's understandable. Everyone understands what they're supposed to be doing. Now, I know this has a lot of information in it, and as they said, we'll have the slides available, but I just want to run through this real quick. Again, just trying to point out some things that you should be looking for. So when you look at each step, again, 
what is it that's wrong? And this is what you could be asking yourself. And when you're going through, they have checklists available. There's a lot of information, as you guys know, online that you can pull off. Are there moving objects, equipment pieces that are, could be a hazard? Again, we talked a little bit about guarding. That's one of the ones we see often. Lifting, pushing, pulling, anything that would require or cause someone to be injured. We're going to want to look in those areas. Slip, trips, and falls. We know through past meetings that that's one of the top injuries is going to be from a slip, trip, or fall. Environmental hazards. So are they extreme heat, lighting, noise, presence of harmful substances? We talked about chemicals a little bit ago. Again, the unguarded machinery, confined space. Are they working from heights? So is there an area that's you know lifted that they have to work from or are they on scaffolding? And then electrical. Are there frayed cords? You know, are there missing pieces and proper wiring? So all these things are going to be identifiers. And I think that, you know, this is a good opportunity for you to be really working and communicating with your staff, showing that you're caring about what's going on, you want their input. So I think when you are working, hopefully, with the safety committee or the people that you have in your plants or in your facilities, these are all things that everyone will point out because they all want everyone to go home safe and sound. This is going to be similar to the PPE that Twyla went over. Again, there's the hierarchy to remove those things. So the first thing is eliminate. Obviously, if we can get rid of it, that's what we want to do. We don't want the hazard there anymore. We want a safe area for everyone to be working in. If we cannot do that, then we're going to try to contain it. Can we eliminate it? Can we add things to it to make it safe? Can we put a booth around the area, guarding on machines? If not, then we're going to try to revise the work procedures. Is it possible that we can change the way the process is being done? I have an employer on the west side of Cleveland that actually worked with the BWC. They were having a lot of shoulder injuries, and it was actually the the way their equipment runs, it's overhead. So they're doing a lot of pulling, pushing from those areas. So what they did was they worked with the bureau. They got a grant. And they got some new equipment to actually run so that it actually drops now so that it's not so much overhead lifting. So again, I think there are a lot of safety grants available that people could be taking advantage of. So again, this is, I think, another way that they can help you with this is we can come, they can come in and help you revise maybe some areas or maybe you have some ideas and you can work with them to fix. Okay, (laughs) the last thing is to reduce the frequency. So maybe it's an opportunity for you to cross-train or have people rotate. You know, some places they can't have everyone working, you know, eight hours in one particular area, so they do rotation. Bob, you you guys do that. Do you do that at your place at all? Yeah, so every half an hour they do that. So again, just thinking about the whole cross-training and We talked, you know, there's about the skilled trades and all those things. So it's good to have everyone on the same page and and know the jobs. Again, we want to make sure we're communicating. I can't stress that enough. We want to make sure that when you complete uh, the JSAs, that you distribute copies to the people that need them, making sure that you're taking the right safety measures, making sure that these are accessible to everyone. They should be kept in a binder and they shouldn't just be reviewed you know, once in a blue moon. JSAs, again, that's a micro. So you should be looking at those or your people should be looking at them in the training process and looking at them often, making updates when appropriate. Review and update. Again, I mentioned that a little bit. The JSAs, at least from what my experience is, is they should be reviewed at least every month. You're comparing. Has there anything that's changed? Have you updated any information? 
And definitely if there's an incident or a workers' comp claim that occurs, then you can pull that back out and say, are there gaps there? Again, if you are having your employees fill out incident-only paperwork, that should be able to help with this process as well. And then there might be equipment that needs to be updated. And again, I know these are all costly things, but again, you have a resource to try to help provide some of the costs of that. If you can, or if you're able to do something through a safety grant, then I would say that that's a good route to check. This is just a sample of a JSA, and I know this is probably not real easy to read, but I just wanted everyone to see if you haven't done one or are not familiar that it's not difficult. It's just a matter of taking the time out, just like with everything else. You're just marking boxes as far as, you know, what is the potential hazard or safety risk, and then you're going through and, and completing those boxes. But again, the safety analysis should be done monthly. You should be looking at that. Renee, how often do you guys look at yours? Okay, so the J, yeah, and I have for the JHAs, usually they're looking at it says one, you know, one to two years. I usually, most employers are looking at it. So again, these are, these forms are, you can, there's all different ones online. You can get them for, download them for free. They're available. This is going to be a sample of a JHA. So again, you can see, but once you do it, it's done. You can go back though, refresh it. Again, one, one to two years, as Renee said. Yes, yeah, exactly. Anytime the job changes or the equipment, you're going to want to go through and look at that. And again, if someone's ever injured or something occurs, an incident, you're going to want to pull it out and just make sure that you've done everything you needed to. Okay, so back to the bear. Is the bear the JSA or the JHA? Who thinks it's the JSA? The micro. What about JHA? Okay, I'm going with the JHA. I just before I, this is the end of what I had to tell you about that part, but what I did want to say is we have a lot of resources in the room, and I know I remind you guys of this, but that's what we're here for is to network and connect with other people. So if you do have something that you need help with, you know, Twyla, Bob, Renee, they're, you know, they're in safety. That's what they do. So um, if you ever need help with anything, training, how to, you know, try to get something through management. And again, I will remind you, and I know I say this all the time too, you don't pay your premiums to the Bureau of Workers' Comp so that they can just send you a bill. Nick's here. We have Dave visiting from the Youngstown area today from the Bureau. There are so many safety grants available. Nick mentioned the trenching. You guys should really be taking advantage of it. I think it just passed that they upped the safety grant dollars. So there's going to be more available to everyone. It's, I think it's at $70 million now or something. So please take advantage. You never know. And they can come through. They can do walkthroughs. That's, that's what they're there for. So use their services because they do offer a lot of great things to you guys. And lastly, if you are heading down to Safety Congress in Columbus, stop by and see me. I will be in the vendor hall. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.